Welcome to episode four of Myths Off. We are thrilled to be joined by Edmonton Oilers defenseman, Hamilton native, Darnell Nurse, one of my old teammates and friends. Darnell's rookie year was my last year in Edmonton. We'll share some stories, some experiences, talk about his family and a little bit of personal life. Mitz Off is powered by Sports Interaction, our exclusive betting partner. Get in the action all summer long. Download the app to get started, 19 plus, and please play responsibly. Here we are, joined by my old teammate and friend, Edmonton Oilers defenseman, one of the great guys as well in the game, on the ice, off the ice, uh, one of the best teammates I think I've ever had in my career. Uh, Darnell Nurse is in here today. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, thanks, for having, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks um, for having me. So how's life, man? I know pandemic and stuff. I haven't seen you in years. Uh, brief conversations when I was down there in the playoffs, but how's life, man? Summertime now, a little bit of downtime. What's going on? Yeah, it's a little bit different. Uh, got uh, one kid, Aiden, now. He's, he's two and another one on the way. So uh, you know, my, my wife does the heavy lifting in the morning. I like to come home in the afternoons and, and help out, whether it's going to the park, riding bikes. Um, it's, it's been a lot of fun and uh, life's great. Uh, so what do you remember about that first year? That would have been my last year in Edmonton, your first year in the league uh, in terms of, you know, your transition into a full time NHL or on the blue line and just kind of breaking into the league. That, that year was unbelievable. I kind of look back on the roster we had there. Uh, it was one of the most probably eclectic groups of guys that I played with. Benny Pooh, Matt Hendricks, Mark Fain, Teddy Purcell, Halsey Ebbs. Yumi, Davo, Leon. Uh, it was just like unreal. And we all lived so close to each other. What kind of memories do you have of that first year uh, being a rookie in the NHL? Uh, first off, I think Rexall Place. I think, you yes. know, the place that you go every day. Um, no windows underground. <laughs> usually you're going in there when it was dark. Yeah. It felt like you were coming out. It was still dark outside. Um, but uh, yeah, they got, I mean, coming into the NHL, you, you really don't know what to expect, right? Um, and like you said, like it was just a mixed bag of personalities that we had uh, in Edmonton. A lot of a lot of veteran guys. Um, I think the the results for us didn't really show up uh, in the standings and whatnot. But there was a lot to a lot to learn. A lot to learn from guys like like yourself um, in, in so many different roles. That uh, you know, I remember, you know, it was big. You go to the Allegro lunch uh, uh, before games and. Uh, Obviously, the role that you you played on the team was was a really hard role, and you think a guy that goes out there and, and fights all the time has got to be intimidating off the ice too, right? And I remember my first year, like you were one of the most welcoming people, and I always look back on that uh, with great regards and try to bring that a little bit now um, to the rink every day, and hopefully, be one of those guys that uh, guys on my team can, no matter what what spot you're in, can can reach out to or or want to hang out with. So. Those are some of the, the good memories, those Allegro uh, lunches. Uh, it's so funny you bring that. Like, it's yeah, my favorite yes, thing. Yeah. It was literally my favorite thing. Pre-game skates. So for those who don't know, we used to go to a restaurant in, in Edmonton called Allegro, and we'd have, like, the back room. But after pre-game skate, guys were just sprinting over there. And it was the best time because it was, like, the last time, I think, for game day where there wasn't any – no one's nervous. There was no – nothing like that. And we'd sit down. We ate family style uh, up to, what? 15, 16 guys we'd have there in that room. 
uh, playing credit card roulette after every time. Uh, and you always lost the first two times. <laughs> oh, like, if you get invited, you lose yeah, the first. Yeah, the first time. I remember I lost the first two times. And then, thank God, you guys let me off the hook for the third time. <laughs> that was our rule. You couldn't lose three times in a row for lunch. So the boys would pick it up. But honestly, man, I'm glad you said that. Because that was kind of the things that we tried to do as as our core group of veteran guys was like, you know, make you guys feel as welcome as possible and do things like that off the ice. And I think that's one thing. I mean, I'll get into talking about playing in Edmonton a bit here. I think that's one thing that goes under the radar about playing there is how close you get with the boys and how close you get with your teammates. Um, You just talked about how you're building a house in Glenora, basically Valley View. Um, That's where we all lived. It was uh, nine iron to Teddy and Fainers. Remember Bill Comrie's house, yeah, the old yeah, mansion they yeah, lived in? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the basketball yeah, court in the middle of the house. They had everything in the house. <laughs> we had Christmas parties, everything there. Um, but you're just really close to your teammates, right? There's not a ton to do in Edmonton. And I feel like even spouses and kids and stuff, man, like the Euler group was closer than any other organization that I had played with. Would you agree? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I haven't played anywhere else, so I'm, I'm uh, biased towards true. Uh, yeah, true. what we have in Edmonton, but uh, I think you nailed on the head, like from the kids going to classes together. I think we have, uh, you know, five, six, maybe even seven kids that are going to be under two uh, on our team. So that, you know, they'll all be going to the same classes and, and, and hanging out together. And then as far as the guys, um, yeah, if you want to get together, you get together together. Right. And you, it builds that that tight bond and and keeps us together as a group and you know it's a it's a great place to play i've had uh, a lot of great memories there and just hoping to, to build a lot more one of the coolest things for me was when we met drake uh the raps playoff game to 2016 playing at pacers right we got the text come down to share club what do you remember about going in the share and you me and connor uh drake coming by and introduced himself yeah, i just remember that was like one of the darkest rooms i've ever been in in my life it was <laughs> like, black. It was like <laughs> we didn't know anybody we didn't know a single person place and you could hardly see three feet in front of you but uh yeah i think we were just post up at the bar and drake came through came walking through and got guys are the best because you just walk up to somebody and be like hey so he just walks up gives him a tap says hey and uh goes i'm with my teammates here darnell connor and um Drake's like oh i got like a connor jersey so it was like yeah, you said he bought it off ebay yeah off ebay yeah. <laughs> so like, was, i bought your jersey off ebay i'm just like what <laughs> it was pretty pretty cool experience because you know you're seeing two greats uh kind of say hi and say hi to each other and, and introduce themselves and um i had no voice so yeah, I, I forgot. I, uh, I don't even know if I even got a hello in, but I was just—it it was a cool experience to be around for. It was one of the sickest things just watching, probably because views, views. His 2016 album was just coming about to come out. Remember, he's like, "I'm going to finish the album at the studio or whatever." He's like, "All Chubs can stay here. You guys can hang out." But just down to earth, and like Connor was just like, like <laughs> staring up, little shy, kind of awkward look, but. Man, that was that was really freaking cool no. for sure. I I feel like we talk about Connor a lot. Um, Leon for me is just such an interesting guy. I played with him the year before you got there, so his rookie year in the league, eighteen years old. I think he only ended up playing thirty seven games or something like that. Got sent back to junior, but from working in the media this year, I just saw how like the media just wants to absolutely roast these young kids in the league, 18, 19 years old. Shane Wright's the perfect example of what I was uh, talking about is um, people coming down hard on these kids at such a young age. And I always bring up Leon as a guy who was like, 
he was the same way, man. He was just maybe a bit overmatched, wasn't as big as strong as he is now, and certainly like wasn't as confident. So he goes back to junior, comes back. That is now your rookie year. You've played with him for the last five years uninterrupted, side by side, six years, yeah. Can you talk about what stands out for Leon and like his development from kind of when you guys both broke into the league to to now and the dominance that we know in Leon? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, one of the best players in the world. And he's one of the best players in the world every night. And that, that consistency that he brings... Um, you know, he's got, uh, I think he's got a mind really second to none in, in the way that he sees the game, the way that he processes things, the way he's able to defend pucks and, and move pucks on his backhand. Um, he does so many things on that ice that, that no one else can. And um, I think you, you know, you nailed on the head, like he, he came in and um, he, he faced that fire a little bit, right? And, and was able to stay confident himself and just, just play and know how great of a player he was going to be. And now, uh, Every year, he, he seems to just do things that, uh, like, how do you make that fast? How do you see that play? And uh, it's, like I said, it's on a nightly basis. It's incredible. I know, because I think when that first contract, like, the first news of his contract came out, his first extension, the big one, people were all over it, ripping it. But I just don't know if people knew what, what Leon was. Like, we knew what we had in him, yeah, right? We yeah. were in Edmonton going, like, just salivating. Like, mm-hmm. this kid's the real deal. It took the league a couple of years to get on notice, yeah. I feel like. And even after he signed the contract, oh, he's overpaid, overpaid. And now it looks like one of the best deals in sports just because of how he's performed. But I think people want to know, like, what's he like? Like, like how, do you, how do you describe Leon? Uh, I mean, he's, like, one of my best buddies. He's... he's uh... He's just honest, you know, like he, if he's, if he's having, if he doesn't want to talk to somebody, like he's not hiding that, right? Like he's, he comes in, he's in a bad mood, he's in a bad mood. If he's in a good mood, he's in a good mood. Um, but he's, um, you talk about like competitors and, um, people who just want to win and, and, and care about winning and care about, and he has like a genuine care about making other guys better. Um, he's, he brings that every day. I think as a as a leader, uh, he brings a lot of things that uh, you know me myself personally. I'm like, okay, I need to be a little bit a little bit more like that, you know, to to come in each and every day and and expect to be at the top of my game and expect to be crisp making passes, expect to be um, able to to see the plays. Like there's an expectation that he has, and uh, he brings it with a little bit of fire, a little bit of juice, and he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't hide the way he feels. And I think as a teammate, it just brings out the best in everybody. I think you said it perfectly about setting the standard. I remember in practice, even that year at that those kids' ages, they set a standard for how we were going to skate and practice every day. And I can only imagine how it is now. You guys are the core of that team and have taken over. Is that kind of an expectation for you on a daily basis that they've set it or you guys set the standard and, and you got to match that every, every dang day. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it's like, for me, I want to make sure I come in and bring the work, yeah. you know, uh, and the execution, but, um, you know, to, to come in each and every day and make sure, Hey, like when we're getting on the edge, we're getting better. Uh, we're not going to go out here and, you know, lollygag around and, and waste each other's time. And that, you know, those, those two are great examples of, of doing that. And like you said, they brought from a, a very young age and, um, for a leadership group to, to be able to do that each and every, every day. And, you know, that extends to Nuge, you know, we have, you know, Himes, you have Ekholm, we have all these guys that uh, um, have brought that same type of, same type of passion as, and as our team has grown and as our team has gotten older, um, 
and we're more hungry to, to have that success, that's uh, something that we need to bring every day. You guys have really put in the work. I, I'll never forget, though. Do you remember when Halsey had won? Do you remember he made that deal with us where if you won the All-Star game, he was going to fly the boys down to Vegas after the season? <laughs> and so he's getting the list together towards the end of the year. And I think the season ended, and they made you guys go down to Baco for like I, two, I or, go, two or three games. Those guys didn't have to go. I had to go for... <laughs> Baco had been eliminated from the playoffs. Not even in the playoffs. I remember no. you guys came up to me, little like, puppy dog eyes. Like a, You're like, I'm like sorry. A week, like a week before, and I had to go to, I had to go fly to Baco, fly to Grand Rapids. Um, oh, it was on the road too? Yeah, or fly to Milwaukee. Play Milwaukee, Grand Rapids. And I was able to go home after that. Oh, no. Yeah, I just was, remember you guys were so sad. It was probably the right decision it, by the team. Was, like, yeah. let's let a 19-year-old Darnell Nurson Leon go to Vegas with, like, uh, no, six yeah, bets on the 100%, team on a private yeah, jet. Was, Can you uh, talk about that King Clancy a little bit? Um, obviously, something near and dear to your heart. Uh, you put in a way a lot of time and effort away from the rink uh, to be a good person and set a good example in the community. Is that something that was kind of instilled down on you or something that you've wanted to take charge of? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a combination of, of everything, right? Um, I think first and foremost, like when you talk about, um, sacrifice and whatnot, like my parents, they had three kids that were playing, you know, uh, high end sports where they had to travel around all over North America to, to go to tournaments and whether it was get a flight, get a hotel, uh, pay for me to play hockey, all the equipment that, that goes along, like <clears throat> they made a lot of sacrifices themselves. I think it, it starts with them um, showing me, um, you know, you got to do what you, what you can to, to kick, take care of those that you love. And um, from there, it kind of, I was given a great opportunity, um, you know, to play a sport that I love and uh, make lots of money and, and to be able to find some causes that, that were really near and dear to me. So my, uh, or been during the pandemic, or I was sitting down with my mom and talking I'm, I want to help out some charities because I honestly just during that time you do a lot of self-reflection right you get to sit in a room in there or sit in your house and not move you know you do a lot of self-reflection so I was like you know I want to find some causes that uh that are, that are near and dear to me and and we had gone and, and visited a few places but I couldn't really pinpoint something that uh had like all all the markers that I, I really wanted so when I was in Hamilton I said no, why don't we do a, a scholarship at my high school? So we get uh, get on the phone call with with some of the with the principal and then some of the guidance counselors and ask them what would be the process to to put together a scholarship. So, so you know what, like we can do this in the next month. Like, just give us the criteria that you want. We'll do it in the next month. So we put together a scholarship for um, two kids to get forty thousand dollars each um, for four years or like $10,000 per year for, for four years, um, to go towards their, their education. And the, the criteria is, you know, you know, financial need, they have to have high, you know, there's a high standard for marks and community involvement. And then all the recipients, they go and they go through a committee and it goes down to the last five recipients and those get sent off to me. And, um, you choose, yeah, I choose. So I sit down and, and read through these and, well, I t these are like the hardest days of the year. But man, you got a smile on your face. Like you, it, you're obviously no, it, proud of this. No, this is cool. Like, is, I can see, I can yeah. see you're excited about this. No, it's, it's, it's awesome. It is is great. But because um, this year I actually went and presented them at my high school, it was the first time like I actually got to meet the recipients because yeah. we did the first two over Zoom. 
but uh, like just some incredible people that have done things like, you know, getting into schools that they had no business getting into. You know, people told them there was one one person that uh, won, and they were told that uh, you know they would never go to university or they'd never, you know, um, get out of locally developed classes, and just smashed it and, and was able to you know, get the, get the scholarship and, and go to school. So it's, uh, yeah, things like that. And then we found free play for kids in, in Edmonton who, uh, do a lot of work with, um, immigrant families and newcomers to Canada and, and people maybe not in the best financial situations in, in the city. And they give them the opportunity to interact with each other through, through play. Um, you know, there's classes that they take, there's, uh, meals and, and travel so you know a lot goes a lot goes into that so to be able to help out a little bit uh with their cause too so yeah that, those are the two big things for me and they've uh it's been a lot of fun to, to be a part of so you said during covid pandemic you had a lot of time to kind of reflect and think um thinking of different charity initiatives but like was that a whole mindset thing did you have a lot of time to just sit down and kind of reflect on everything your career up to that point yeah no it hundred percent. I think it was a, a friend of mine actually got me the book, uh, David Doggins book, Can't Hurt Me. And uh, I read the book. He was like, just let me know what you think after. So I think like I read the book. I'm like, okay, I got to work out like every day. Like I couldn't, like we're even in the pandemic. I'm like, I got to find a way to, to work out. So we're getting the workouts in and um, I actually got back into taking some classes too during uh uh, during the pandemic. So I went to the HLPA. They have this uh, crossover to Harvard. Harvard uh, Business. Harvard Business class. So I took it. Did you take that one? I did the same thing. Yeah. So I took that I took that one. How'd you do? I think I did good. I, I, they told me I was close to making it through. So my, uh, uh, yeah, I'll never forget. I got to cut you off because my, yeah. I, I failed the first block. I thought it was going to be the easiest thing online <laughs> ever. <laughs> I got 15% in the first one, but ended up, uh, sorry, continue. Oh, no, you're good. Um, so yeah, I had two mentors, ended up being a, a third, ended up joining our group. But so we were just doing case studies all the time, but we would connect like every week. And I remember at the end of it, I was like, oh, I'm thinking of kind of like taking classes. Like, should I just go take classes to get a degree or like try to find something I'm interested in? And they're like, why don't you just find something you're interested in? Like, you don't have that much time anyway. So ended up taking a few, uh, real estate courses. Um, cause I mean, I always loved real estate since I was young. Um, and I'm actually currently still taking courses. I'm with the, the UBC starter school of business and I'm taking this thing. It's called like the diploma of urban land economics. So I take, uh, I take, a, <laughs> I take a Who course. Who is this guy? This is unreal. <laughs> I take a, I take a course, uh, per term. So I'm taking uh foundation, foundational mathematics, real estate. I'm doing that right now. I did micro macro. <laughs> Look yeah. at you, man. Is it, do you do it dur during the year? Or is this an off season? Yeah, no, thing? I do it during the year too. It's not like, it's not too taxing. I have probably four hours in the week Yeah, and you probably commit to it. So it's actually really easy on the road because I can do, if you're on the road for seven days, I'll take three of the days. I'll try and knock out like three weeks of it. Are you one of those players that thinks you have absolutely no free time playing in the NHL. So there's some guys who just think it's so busy and there's other, I think there's a whole other half that is like, as a pro hockey player, you have so much free time. Oh, we have a ton of free time. Um, 
I would say my my summer almost feels busier than than during the season. Uh, just because you want to get home, you want to be a dad. Yeah. Right? So you're, there's always something like, oh, you're going to the park or I'm going to the swimming pool. Uh, there's always something going on. But yeah, no, during the season, I I love taking the courses because obviously it challenges the mind too. When I look back on it, I kind of wish I did stuff like that. I wish I I was just so focused on hockey. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to divert any other energy or attention on that. But now I kind of wish I did. Like, how important is that for you to have something kind of away from the rink that you can maybe go to that's just different and have hobbies, active interests, whatever it is, away from the rink? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of worried about that too. Like, quite honestly, like, okay, I'm going to take courses like that's going to sacrifice from the amount of time that I spend thinking about hockey or taking care of my job. And... (laughs) It's kind of crazy because I feel like the opposite has happened because like now I'm in hockey, like it's just all I want to focus on, right? It's like you might take two hours of the day to do your course. Um, You know, you're going to take the other six hours to be a dad. But those four or five hours that you're at the rink, like those are going to be strictly hockey and that is never going to change. Will it take away from, well, will the courses maybe take away from not being so stressed out that night but maybe you know um but i mean like taking the courses for me that was the first thing i thought i was like this is gonna take away from the hockey aspect and i'm like okay i'll I'll do it on kind of like a probationary uh status like yeah i'll try it out um i was like look it's it works well like it some free time just knock it out but my focus on hockey and my time on hockey i honestly might have even increased is just, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you talked about your family and the influence they've had on you, the athletics. I, I just want to know about this. I mean, sister Kia, cousin Sarah, you're in the NHL, uncle Donovan. Give me some, like, tell me about this. This is unbelievable. The athletics that come from your family and the inspiration yeah. that that must've had on you. Yeah. You know, not only as a player, but as a person coming up. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Um, for me, like my, some of my first memories are asking my dad about uh, what he went through to play in the CFL. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I didn't start playing. Because I always wanted to play football growing up because I wanted to be with my dad. And he's like, you're not playing football. He's like, I started playing football position? In, in grade 12. He was a receiver. Yeah. So he's like, I started playing football in grade 12. So you're not playing football. You're going to get hurt. So he puts me in hockey because you don't get hurt playing hockey. Um, so those are some of my first memories. Are like, yeah, I want to be like my dad. He played football. So he's like. You know, I'll play football. Okay, I'll play a different sport. I'll find a sport that uh, that works for me. Um, and I had actually my older sister went to school, at the University of Oregon in Bowling Green. So when she went off to school, we would have been like grade four, or grade five. So like you're at a pretty impressionable age at that point, right? And I was like, okay, that's that's cool. You get an education too, playing a sport. Like, I want to do that. So we we all looked up to my my older sister Tamika. Um, but then yeah, then you have our cousin Sarah. Uh, Uncle Donovan, my aunt rocks has like all the female basketball records at Syracuse that never gets spoken about. Uh, she's just left behind. Yeah, just right? a bit. Uh, my mom uh, played basketball at Mac. Um, so like we have all these athletes and athletes in our school. Just ingrained in you. Right? And, it, and even, even worse, like to make it worse. So they had at the high school I went to St. Thomas Warren Hamilton. They used to have this big board and it had all like the track and field uh, records. Like all my aunts and uncles, their and my dad, their names start with an R. So all it was always like R nurse, R nurse, R nurse, R nurse on everything. So it's like you're going to school. I'm looking at that. 
my older sister got athlete of the year when you're basketball player of the year. My younger sister's on the on the wall too, and now I'm just like I'm this hockey player. Um, <laughs> that's like really look look down upon as an yeah. athlete. Um, but yeah, you get to like you get to the dinner table, getting challenged by Gets everyone. Heated. Yeah, like there was a basketball net. Our neighbors had a basketball net um, growing up, and kind of, kind of turned into our basketball net at some point because we would just go out there and play on there. And they were the best. The Nardis they were the best. Um, Did you and Kia go toe to toe? Yeah, and we had to stop because it would get way too <laughs> way too aggressive. Actually, me and Kia would play my dad and Tamika, and we played one game and elbows were being thrown and everything never, so never it was again. yeah it was my mom was just like standing off like you guys are such idiots so that was that was the end of that but yeah it's just competitive like even marks you come home like i have a better mark than you and then all of a sudden you gotta study all next week to make sure your mark at the end of the week was better than your sisters it was constant competition with everything did that uh seep over into your hockey life like in, as you're playing in the league oh, yeah. do you see those habits kind of creep competitive habits creep back into your game 100 percent. because uh you know i think like with a hockey season you get you only get so many cracks at it right? to to be able to to play the sport and so that that competitive and you know wanting to be in those times the best at the table um it definitely feels me because you don't want to be left with with any type of regret when um it's all said and done but so you know every summer you know you go back and, and reflect on on the year of past and you don't want to have any regrets going into the next one so talk about that i read a great quote from jim playfair in a sportsnet article uh as i was looking you up a little bit here and it talked about how you went home in the summers and like and you watch your shifts you catalog your games uh, first of all, I didn't even know that was an option. Like, I think when, by the time I was out of the league, like we had those computers at the rink or whatever, but you can have those accessible and like yeah. ready for you in the summer. You can watch anything. Yeah. Can you go all the way back to when I played? We could, we could find a few we clips pull up for a sure. Cause they, yeah, they, I think they have my first year. So yeah, they, we, we can find some clips. They won't take that long to watch. No, we'll wait. <laughs> We, we could break down the summer in a few days. We, yeah, can, yeah, we I, can break down the season. Don't even joke, bro. Like uh, I used to sit down there in the mornings. Coaches would be like, "Go watch your shifts," and I would be over my shifts by like be halfway done my coffee. I'm like, I'm done now. What's next? Uh, but I just thought that was so interesting that you do go, come home in the summer and and watch them and break them down. I'm sure you go over them with OT a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's it changes too. Like every summer, you're probably looking for something different looking at the game a little bit differently too because um, i think uh you watch shifts and it's so easy to get into the x's and o's of it you know without if you're if you're looking at your own game and you're like okay i should be in this spot or this spot or as opposed to okay maybe my body positioning or should be you know in a different position a different posture so i can react to this puck differently so i can react to this puck differently so i think as I get older, the the way that I watch the shifts is a little bit different. Because I mean, look, you can go through eighty two games plus the twelve more. Like you're gonna watch all those games in the summer, and it's you could easily be really high on yourself or beat yourself down. I'm, I'm more of a, I like to find the things I need to correct and fix. Um, but how how do you do that in one a mature way, and how do you do that in a way that you're taking those lessons and you're able to put some practice into them on the ice. Right. So that's why the way I've watched film probably changes because originally when I'm watching film, I'm like, okay, we you know, run X system and 
this breakdown happened like why was i not in this spot or whereas now i'm like okay if i'm in this posture or if i'm able to make this turn or if i'm able to load this leg like i can close that gap quicker i can react to this play better i can jump in this play better um so being able to look and kind of maybe read my body more and read um because everyone that plays this game well, it's is almost unique, like watching right? it more unselfishly 100 right? because you're so dialed in especially like when i was young exactly what you're talking about man you just watch you the you're yeah. seeing the clips and you're like just zoned in on you but as soon as you kind of look at the external around you and you're talking about body position stick position um are there different other plays that can make watch the play developing around you it's so interesting yeah. coaching wise you sound like you've been extremely well coached the maturity is like shining through it's unbelievable and I think that could have been a challenge looking at your history, seven, technically six coaches in seven years, if you include Dallas, um, five and six, really. So how much of an adjustment or how, how much adjustments do you have to make with the turnover behind the bench? We had a lot of turnover. I mean, just going to my, my ninth year and you just named the amount of coaches that we had and, you know, with with that amount of change comes different systems with that amount of change comes um different meetings right. you know so so everything changes all the time but yeah he said we've had some some great coaches uh while i've been there um i'll start with todd i think we had we had hitch for for half a year but i think for me you know looking back you know hitch probably had one of the bigger impacts on my career because he was one of the first coaches i played for that was like okay you could be more than just a shutdown guy in the NHL. You know, you can you can play two ways. You can you can still bring that element of being hard to play against, but also bring another element of making a play. Another element of, you know, being involved in offensive plays. And I think you do whatever you can to get to be a, an everyday NHLer and I think along that way, sometimes you, you lose some of the confidence that you had in yourself growing up and getting into junior and going through junior. Um, and then that was kind of like a little reset for me. And then, um, yeah, I mean, now I'm at the point now I'm nine years in. Well, I think it's, to me, it was so much to do with trust because with a new coach and a new coaching staff came a whole new relationship that I would have to have, that everyone would have to have with the coaching staff. And in order for a coach to trust you and to play you more, you, you got to build that up, right? You start building up just like your catalog of shifts, man. You put together a shift at a time, game at a time, and now you have five, 10 games. Coach starts trusting you, wants you on the penalty kill. Same thing with you. Maybe you're getting some, some extra power play shifts, trust you a little more. And I think that was the hardest thing. I mean, I was only here for three years. I had four coaches in three years. Mac T came down in the middle of the second year. And it was just like, man, now I have a whole new guy that I have to you know, build up this relationship with. And I mean, that was just tough for me. Did you, did you experience that at all? Yeah. I mean, kind of, I think the time we went through, like you're young, right? So yeah. you're kind of like, like when you went through, you're probably a little more established, right? And, and when you're young, you're like a spice kind of just like, okay, what are you going to throw at me today? Just I don't care. Orders. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it's like, what are you going to throw at me today? Like, I don't care. Like I'm just going to get the job done and then we'll move on to the next task. You know, um, I think it would definitely be harder and you're more established and you have like, you build that trust. It's kind of, cause you've seen so much more, right? Yeah. True. As a player, like you've seen so much more. So you build that trust and then all of a sudden you gotta, you gotta rebuild it. Well, 
hey, like I went through a situation where I had the same coach for three years and they played me a certain way. And like, I feel like I'm back to when I was a young guy in the league, right? Yeah, and like that, sure. that would be like tough pill to swallow some days. When I was there, I felt a certain need to, I don't want to say protect you guys. You didn't need, you don't need protecting. You're a big, strong guy, but you know, Leon, Connor, especially Nuge, guys like that, that couldn't necessarily defend themselves. I, I took real pride in like making sure those guys felt safe on and off the ice, being like a dad. Um, and I hope you guys appreciated that. And I, I just feel like I've watched you kind of evolve into that role. Now, actually being a dad, like you're still out there throwing down at, you don't fight a ton, but you throw down when push comes to shove, you're there and you're willing. Uh, is that a role you've kind of taken on and embraced as being, I don't want to say team tough guy, team enforcer, but you know, kind of big brother watching over and making sure uh, no one's crossing the line. Yeah. I mean, kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I've, I've always had that feeling like you want to take care of, you always want to take care of your family. Right? My dad always has like great thing. He used to tell me, he's like, fear no man, respect them all. Like he, like, he told me this since I was like four or five years old. So, I mean, like that, uh, translate right right into to the job that we do right it's if someone's gonna try to take advantage of 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 your family or you know your teammates like you're not gonna let that happen I, and that's just kind of been something that's been instilled in me from a from a very young age so yeah i would definitely say uh you know i'm not definitely not the team enforcer. <laughs> not, definitely not throwing them down like you were um but i mean if if it ever came to the point where you got to stand up for someone and i mean that's that holds a lot of weight with your teammates, right? And a lot of times when you'll do that, other people will step up to do the same. Yeah, because there was a fight. You fought Luch. Were you a rookie when you fought Luch? He was on yeah. LA? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I brought that uh, clip up because I was watching before this. And then Grapes talked about it in between periods um, on Coach's Corner about, oh, he's young. Like, he's a teenager. He shouldn't be fighting these big guys. I actually looked at the date. He's like, someone else should be doing this job. I actually looked at the date. I was on the team. So uh, I don't know where I was yeah, at no, this time. Uh, I was uh, missing action, <laughs> apparently. Um, but then you fought Luch. You played with Luch and then fought Luch again in the B of it, B, uh, Battle of Alberta. Uh, is he's back in Boston? We go around three next year or what? <laughs> oh, it's it's a situational thing. I'm not, I'm, not looking, I'm not going out there looking to fight. I guess toughest guy in the NHL. I'm not going out there looking to you fight. Think you think he's you think he is now toughest guy in the league? You because you fought him. I've I fought him as well. He was in Boston. And I fought him when I was a rookie. I I think he's truly the toughest guy. Like when you, Nursey, when he grabbed onto me when I was a rookie, that was the the strongest I felt someone grab me. I remember we were right in front of the bench. He he pulled, pushed me right where he wanted, took my helmet from the, from the back, chucked it. I'm, I thought I was in trouble, but did you have any nerves in the first time or did you feel better in the second time? Um, I mean, I, I had nerves for sure. I think the, the first time, I'm, I might be wrong, but I, I'm like 98% sure I'm right. The puck comes back, went over... Korbakowski got in the corner. He went to clear because I think we we're on the PK, and he went to reverse hit Luch, and like that's not going to go well. So Lu you wait, you're on the penalty kill. I'm fairly sure, yeah. Luch was on the power, dude. If I <laughs> was on a power, oh my god, if I was on a power play and I fought, it would be the last power play I ever played. Um, but yeah, I just you're young. He's a big guy. What's the first thing when you're scrapping? What What are you looking for? Like at that point, just to survive, they just grab on and survive. Man, but, you're so big. It's just no, like I know it's, but I'm not like, yeah, like there's there's technique. I did I didn't 
learned a ton of technique. Yeah. I think I more just like got in the fights because um, sometimes like it felt like necessary. Like off the ice, I like don't like fight. Like I don't even condone it. I'm like, why? There's no need for that. I mean, on and then on the ice, it's kind of just like, okay, like if the time presents itself, like oh. It's more of an emotion thing yeah, for you. Yeah, I'll kind let of, my emotion go, right? Because yeah. I have seen you blow a couple gaskets. <laughs> the McCormick one, uh, Hag in the playoffs this year. So uh, did you ask him to go or what? Like the, uh, uh, the whole thing about this was the, the player safety, right? Because they had suspended Petro. And then the, the instigated rule in the last 10 minutes is so stupid. Uh, and I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't love it. But did what'd you say? Well, what happened? No. I mean, I just a fight took place between two people that yeah. wanted to fight. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and um, yeah, I mean, you kind of just leave it. You just leave it at that. I mean, it, it kind of it kind of speaks for itself. Just what, two what guys happened. releasing their emotions. That's that's all. I think it's like two guys that were, you know, emotionally invested in the yeah. in the series and weren't afraid to fight each other. Like they just. It was a yeah, great scrap. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was a good fight, and um, you caught him too. I'll give you the win there. Yeah, I mean, however you want. However you want to see it, but, uh, <laughs> I'll give you the doubt yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, it's just. I mean, obviously things came about after. Um, but I mean, to be expected. Was that was uh, Petro's slash still on your mind when you're scrapping? Uh, honestly, it was more so just. The guy was asking me to fight. Yeah, at you know John. Yeah. Throughout the game, so and a couple of games before, it was just it's a tough series, man. man. It was, yeah, right. They're they're a really good team, and, and the you know the better team ended up winning and, and winning the Stanley Cup. So congrats to them. So I mean, looking ahead here to next year, just getting over the hump, man. Like I still love your team. You know, I've I've been in your corner ever since I've been there, and, and you're right there. Is there something it's going to take to get over the hump, or you just keep doing the right things, keep putting in the effort? Um, what's your kind of outlook on coming into next year here yeah i mean there's not there's i don't think there's much rocket science behind it it's coming in committing to the way that we want to play and bringing that work ethic that we need each and every day um to keep chipping away at i think you look at the teams that have won in the past um seems like before they do it everyone's getting frustrated getting frustrated um it's a process man. you know and and you can't be discouraged. Uh, can't be discouraged by failure. I think that's that's the biggest thing. Is you know you're you're gonna come into the season and you know there are 32 teams now. You could argue 31. You know have 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 faced you know that 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 level of frustration going into the summer that uh, you don't want to face. So for us, um, just to be able to stick with it to to not get frustrated in the process that that this game puts you through each and every year um, and believe in ourselves. I mean, I I find it crazy and, and maybe it's just my opinion or I, I, I find like the media and like, especially hockey media, it's so much about the negativity and trying to knock down and bring people down and uh, look for the flaws in, in, in each player and each team and each game. I think, you know, for us to, to bring that positive attitude and to be able to believe in ourselves be able to work for that belief because you can't just say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be a great player today and then not work the day before and not come out to practice and, and put, uh, put your skates on and, and, and lace them up and get ready to go. Like we have to work for, for our belief, but we got to believe that, uh, we are a great team because I believe we are. So you sign your ticket 
Is there any, you know, sort of pressure you feel expectation wise once you sign a contract like that to perform to it like on a daily basis? I mean, there was an expectation before I signed the contract of what I think I'm capable of performing and being at each and every night. I think the the value or whatever, however you want to describe it, is going to bring, I mean, I've, I've played in the high pressure yeah, market perfect. since I first came to the league, right? Like it's, it's great. Like I, I me personally, I love it um, because there's that, that juice, that fire in the summer. But I mean, you also have to take a lot of stuff with a grain of salt. Like I've, sometimes I feel like I've been blamed from everything from a goal against to the traffic on Stony Plain, <laughs> yeah. right? So like, it's just like, yeah, you have to be, you have to be really cognizant of, of, of what you, uh, what you what you traffic on Jasper, thanks, Darnell. Yeah. Yeah. What the the pressure you put on yourself, but I mean, look, like there's there's no one that's gonna expect more out of me than me, and that's been something that has been instilled in me since I've been very young. Um, so yeah, there's there's pressure that that comes along with that. But with that said, you know, one of the one of the cooler things that has has come from all of this is like my parents got to retire last year, right? Those are people that made like sacrifices their whole life. Like you can't put a value on that. So like any pressure that I'm gonna get from someone else, I couldn't even imagine the pressure that they were going through when they're trying to support three people, you know, to, to play their sports and then still keep the lights on, right? So um, things like that, like that's why for me, one, the pressure will never be more than I'm gonna put on myself. Secondly, I think anytime that you are that you you've earned and, and put yourself in a position to to play a lot of minutes and, and be a big part of your team, um, you don't know, take that lightly. You know, you take that's uh, that's a responsibility that I've always wanted. That's a responsibility that uh, I feel like I need to earn each and every day. Also, and then you know, thirdly, there's also a, a, a thank you, uh, you know, department to like to the owners and, and management and my teammates because you know, they trust that I could do that job each and every day and you don't want to let them down. That's so cool about the parents, man. Did you tell them like, Hey, uh, you guys are never good. You guys don't have to work again. Yeah, no, it was Christmas. So it was cool. It was cool. <sighs> chills, chills, chills. That's really cool, man. Well, man, um, I, I honestly can't say enough good things about you. I love working in sports media, pumping the, pumping the tires, just cause I know what, I know what you bring behind closed doors and the attitude and dude, just sitting here, the maturity shines through. You've been well coached and, and raised up. So, uh, best of luck this year. It's only a matter of time, baby. Um, bring it home. Thanks guys. Okay. Nice play.